1: Hello everyone, I hope you're doing great. It has really cooled down here in Southern California, like literally overnight. We had a huge lightning storm here last week. It's actually kind of scary. I was driving my daughter to swim practice and as we got really close to the pool, It started lightning all over the place, so I just told the coach we were out of there. (laughs) But we're supposed to wait around for half an hour. I'm like, this is not going anywhere. And as we drove home, it just got more and more intense. It was pretty crazy. And then the last couple of mornings have been pretty chilly. And I know I say that, and people think I'm crazy, but low 40s is cold here, and it's cold for me. So I actually have just one update before we get to the question, and that is, I remember mentioning many, many months ago about starting another podcast, but with the work on the book, it really got derailed. But now that the book, The Connected Parent's Guide to Toddlerhood, is complete and up on Amazon, the podcast idea has really been nudging at me a lot lately, so I'm back to working on that. And it's about adult issues and struggles. That we have as adults and minding the gap. And what I mean by that is we often have an idea of what we want or where we want to go in life, but we either have no idea how to get started. It feels so overwhelming that we just sit still and stay paralyzed and don't do anything about it. And then it doesn't come any closer or we start working our way through it. But in the meantime, there's this gap well, there's this gap either way between where we are and where we want to be. And it can feel really large. And a lot of times, I know it feels like we want to give up. And a lot of um, people talk about, you know, envisioning that future and what that looks like, but getting through the middle of it is really where I think there's a lot of support lacking. So it's about how to manage the process and even do it with as much joy as we can, because that's, also the challenging part. You know, I've been in the middle of this process for quite some time now. I've made a lot of progress, so I feel like I have a lot to offer with that, but I'm also still not across my own gap, so I have a lot to share about managing that process. Okay, so I have a question about a six-year-old who's really struggling with listening and making some poorer choices and both the parents and the nanny are looking for some guidance on how to help him get to a place of making better choices, following directions, refraining from acts of aggression, and those types of things. But I also had a parenting moment, well, it was longer than a moment of my own this past weekend, I think could be really helpful to those who would like examples of how to work through and deal with power struggles or just parenting issues in general. So this weekend, this Sunday, Past Sunday, I wanted to take the kids to the beach. I've been working so hard on the house, so hard on the book, doing so many things, and we moved to San Diego to get out and do a lot of things here around town, and we haven't been doing it for a while. And I was feeling really bad about not getting the kids out of the house to go see and do some things. And I just wanted to take the kids to the beach on Sunday morning. It was warm, it was sunny, it's not busy, it's October, um, earlier in the day on the weekend, so it wasn't going to be a busy time. So I wanted to take the kids to the beach. I haven't had to wait. Up, my daughter. She got up, got ready to go. The other two kids were up and happy and excited, and Chandler was just giving me the hardest time. He did not want to go. I don't want to go. If I don't want to go, why do I have to go? Why do I have to do something I don't want to (laughs) do? So here's my thing. So I'm all about finding joy in life. I think that's really important, and I want to teach my kids that as well. So I'm not one to really force them to do things if they really don't want to do it. However, there are some things that I know that they don't always know. And in this case, I knew. And I know Chandler and I understand Chandler. Now, what's interesting is he dug in deeper on this than he has on pretty much anything else, uh, probably ever, or pretty much that way anyway, that I can remember. So he's very much a homebody. He really doesn't like to go out. When I go to the, out to the stores to run errands, he never wants to come. So that's number one about Chandler. Number two is though once we get out and start doing something, he always has a good time. So usually I will make him go. I don't want to use the word make or force, but for lack of a better term, I do. I make him go because I know him and I know once he gets out and he starts doing something, he will have a good time. And we've had this time and time again, but he usually doesn't dig in very very hard for this. The last time we were going out to dinner, and we go out on Saturday nights as a family, and this is something we still do even though we're separated moving into different homes. Saturday nights are family nights, at least right now, where we all go out together. Well, he was tired. He'd had hockey that day. It had been a really busy day, and we worked on the house, and he just didn't want to go out. So I was like, okay, I'll let you stay home because we've spent a lot of time together today. That's fine. So he didn't go out. Well, We weren't gone 10 minutes and he already regretted his choice not to come out to dinner with us. So this time we're going to the beach and this time I'm insistent, I'm going to be at the house all day. I wanted to have some family time. I felt like it was really important. I also know him. I know once he gets there, he's going to have a good time. But this kid was digging in hard on Sunday morning, really didn't want to go, wanted to tell me a hundred times over. He really didn't want to go and he wanted to stay home. We had some conversations about it. I talked about why it was important. I talked about why, you know, I wanted to spend a little family time. We were only going to go for an hour. We were going to drive over, spend an hour at the beach, and drive home. So, I wasn't asking for an entire day. I was asking for a little bit of his time. So, you know, he drags his feet and he gives me trouble. Drags his feet, gives me some trouble. We have this conversation. He still doesn't understand. He's I still don't understand why I have to go. So everybody's ready. We're all in the car. I've got the boogie boards in the car. We've got the towels in the car. We're ready to go to the beach and ready to leave. And Chandler's not in the car. I thought everybody had come out to the car. And Corey's like, he's up at the top of the hill. So I come out and I'm like, Chandler, you need to get in the car. So, you know, we had given, I had given every opportunity to this child to make the choice to decide to spend time with his family, to decide, okay, it's only an hour. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to, you know, try to open up to having a nice time at the beach and, you know, explained why it was important, explained that I don't do these things to be mean, that I do these things because I love him, because I want to spend some time with him, because getting outside in nature is important. All of those things, um, you know, really tried to appeal to The reasons why with him had those conversations and he still wasn't coming. So I had to pull out the consequence. It was extremely important to me that he came because like I said, I was only asking for an hour and a half because of the drive there and back. And I was asking for a little bit of family time because I was going to go spend the rest of the day at the house. And because I know him and I know once he gets there and starts digging in the sand and digging holes and building castles and putting his feet in the water and running up and down the beach that he's going to have a good time and he's going to be glad that he came. I absolutely know this in the pit and soul of my mother soul that this is what is really good for him. And this is what's best for him. And so I had to pull out the consequence. And I pulled out the hard one. And I don't like doing this. I don't like going to this place. And I don't do it very often at all. Probably, gosh, once every few months, I have to do it with one of them or the other. But I was just like, Chandler, if you don't get in this car, I am taking your iPad for a week. Now, he is 10, going on 11. So he a week is, I wasn't just going to say for the day, Like this was really important to me and I wanted him to know that. So I just said, you're not staying home and sitting on your iPad. We're not making this a habit where you're just gonna sit at home and be on electronics. I need you to come to the beach for the morning. And I said, I will take it away for the week. And he was all mad and grumpy and gets in the car and comes with us. And lo and behold, we're there like, well no, we were there about 45 minutes. And I I said to Corey in the car on the way there, I said, watch him say, I don't want to go home. And lo and behold, we're 45 minutes in and I give the 15 minute warning that we're gonna start packing up and get going in 15 minutes and he goes, I don't want to leave. <laughs> I was like, but it was very cute. Like he knew, he had that look on his face like, oh yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, and I didn't rub it in. I wanted to be like, I love it when I'm right. But I knew, like I knew that this was what would happen. So, we had the little talk about, you know, just please listen to me. Please understand that I know what I'm talking about. Please trust me going forward that I really know what is good for you. And I knew this is what was going to happen anyway. So, we giggle about it now. But, I did have to get to the consequence. I went through every other option I had, all the explaining, the coaching, the hugging, the loving, the loving, you know, but firm boundaries went through it all. And finally I was like, here's the consequence. I really need this from you. I'm asking this from you today and I really need this to happen. So that was my exchange with Chandler this weekend and it, thank goodness, did work out very well. He did have a great time. So I'm, I'm happy to report that. Okay, for the question, hello, I'm a mom to a 10 and a half month old and a nanny to three kiddos, six years and almost four years and nine months old. So lately, the six year old has been having a really hard time making good choices and following directions. His behavior gets worse after his half day kindergarten. When we are back home having lunch, he doesn't nap, but says he's tired. And that's why he's quote, not listening. They have a pretty solid bed and morning routine, and some days his behavior will get better in the afternoon, but then wane again before dinner. He does have an afternoon snack. Is his behavior really being driven by tiredness, or is there something more to it? Any tips for what we, the parents and I, can do to help him manage his feelings and behavior? What would you do for discipline when he deliberately does things that you asked him not to do and or cause physical harm to others? Thanks so much, Emily. Okay, so whether it's preschool or entering grade school, it can be a lot for some kids and leave them feeling mentally exhausted. It's a lot of activity, it's a lot of learning, it's a lot of change. At first, everything is new, the schedule, the kids, the teacher. But even if it's been going for a while, things change frequently from the units they're learning to new kids coming in and kids leaving the classroom. So for some kids, this can really tax them mentally and emotionally, leaving them feeling pretty drained by day's end. Now for kindergarten half day, that's their day's end. But this can be really tiring for some kids, especially if they're on the lower end of activity level um, and some other temperament types that just leave them less flexible, um, less determined. Some of those kids can just, this can just be a lot for them. So yes, it's very possible that he is just overly tired and it is leading to misbehavior. However, of course, it doesn't mean the behavior is acceptable, but this is a great opportunity to teach kids how to manage ourselves when we're feeling overwhelmed or overtired. Now, the Chandler I was just talking about, he's like this. He has a low tolerance for a lot of activity, a lot of new things, a lot of new experiences. He is lower on the end of activity level and He just needs more time to rejuvenate. So when we're tired, we just don't have the same ability to control our behavior as we do when we're well rested. And again, for kids who need more downtime, need more rejuvenation, you're gonna find that they're bumping up against that a lot more often than other kids who can just go and go and go. Um, However, as we know, we don't want to teach this as an excuse for misbehaving. So Here's where we want to teach the skills for self-advocating and for self-care. Six is a great age to start working on this. So the nice thing is it sounds like he is understanding his motivations, so that's a great first step. He has some internal awareness. So this is the opportunity to teach him how to care for himself and therefore for others in the moment because when he is tired and Acting out, it's not good for him, it's not good for others. So, what I would start working on is inviting him to take some quiet time when he needs it. So you could put it into the schedule or you can set it up in such a way that when he you can tell he is getting overwhelmed or feeling overtired, invite him to that quiet time. So here's some steps to do that. So you could do it right after school. When he gets home, you could do the snack first and then put it in. You could try just letting it be open-ended and having him do it, but you can, you might have to do a little bit of trial and error here to figure out what would work. I think scheduling is probably the best, especially at first, figuring out that time of day. Maybe it is right after school or right after the snack, or maybe he's okay for an hour and then he needs some quiet time. So you wanna work with him to figure out what that downtime looks like for him and even to work to create a space that is welcoming for him. So um, for some kids, just creating a cozy corner with a nice cozy chair and some stuffed animals and some books and like kind of a, a tent or a teepee or someplace where they could go off on their own and just have a nice quiet corner that is used just for some downtime, that's really fun. They love to be able to do that, decorate it, set it up, and it's their special place. This could be in his room, perhaps, especially if you have the younger siblings, which you've got here, that may want to enter his space. That space should be sacred. It should be protected, that time and that space, both. So for some kids, though, they want to just play. They want some quiet, creative playtime on their own, unbothered. So blocks, trains, Lego, cars, stuffed animals to do some um, interactive or creative play, their favorite toy, whatever that is, where they can play uninterrupted. So if that's his way to relax, that's an important piece, that it's uninterrupted. Not with the threat of siblings coming in, taking toys, knocking things over, trying to join in, trying to sit in his quiet spot, trying to look at the books, trying to play with the stuffed animals that are in his space, So there are times to teach sharing and collaboration, but during this relaxation time, this self-care time that he's learning, quiet time, that's the time to protect that quiet time and that creative space if he's using play for that downtime. This teaches kids how to take care of their needs, how to advocate for their needs, how downtime is a really good thing, how we all need it, Um, relaxation time and personal space, and know that it's okay for him to ask for this sometimes and expect it to be honored. So let's just say you get to a point where either you're doing it right after school every day, but then as the day wears on, he starts to get a little out of sorts again, and he can just go do it whenever he wants. If he just says, I need to go have some quiet time by myself, and he advocates for that, then we honor that and we help um we help protect that from any siblings entering into the space. Now, if he needs to go open his room and shut the door to do that, that may be what needs to happen. It might not be able to be done right in the family room. That's okay. That's understandable because you're getting dinner. You're, you know, trying to work with the other kids, and they're trying to get into a space. Um, you ha- he has to be flexible in doing it in a place that, you, that that can be managed. The good news is once this is established, once it's an established part of the schedule or an established part of his ability to say, I need some quiet time, I need a few minutes to myself and go off and do that, he gets to have that. Once he comes back out refreshed and once this has been established for a couple of days, his behavior should be vastly improved because he's getting that need met. So there are also things that you can do in those moments when children are not making the best choices, when they're not listening, when they're engaging in some aggressive behavior, this is kicking or pinching or grabbing or throwing toys or things that are gonna hurt other people um, like Emily was talking about, when they're not making the best choices or exhibiting the best behaviors, when they need some help working through their feelings. I'm gonna get to how to handle each of these in the moment when they're happening, these misbehaviors, right after a word from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science,
0: it's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com.
1: Now that we're back, I'm gonna jump into the things you can do during misbehaviors, when it's happening in the moment. Yes, after the protected quiet time has been established, this behavior will likely get much, much better. But even so, there are always those times when children don't make great choices, when we need to guide and help them and these are a lot of different areas and opportunities. So I'm going to break these down by category because depending on what's happening, we're going to approach it differently. So first, not listening. So again, once this has been established, hopefully he'll be making some better choices with listening. This should get vastly improved, but there's still going to be times when kids are not going to listen, when they're just going to ignore. When this is happening, there's either there's two ways to break this down. Number one, if it's always a particular type of area or time of day, or, you know, when it's time to get ready for dinner or something, if it's happening constantly, make a note of it. And we're going to make a plan to change this around. If it's something that they don't normally, um, push against, or it's not something where you see a pattern and it's not listening, we're still going to handle it the same way. If we know it's an issue, we're going to get really proactive and rather than talking to them across the room or saying, hey, I need you to get your shoes on or hey, I need you to clean up your toys. We're going to go over to them. We're going to make sure that they are successful. And we're gonna do this for a short period of time because once they know we mean business, once they know when we say it's time to put the toys away for dinner, they will start to follow through much more readily and it will become a much better habit. But at first we need to get very intentional and same thing will happen if this is something like, off the cuff, where normally they're good at putting their toys away, but tonight it's just not happening. He's not listening. We're going to give a warning, first of all. In five minutes, it's going to be time to put the toys away. Then when it's time, we're going to go over or put the shoes on, whatever it is, and we're going to guide our child to let them know we are serious, we mean business. It's time to put your shoes on which shoes would you like to wear? And you're gonna walk them over to get their shoes. Or you can bring the shoes to them. Don't make that too much of a long-term thing, especially with a six-year-old. With a three or four-year-old, you can bring the shoes to them. After they're five or six, seven, they should definitely be going to get their shoes themselves. But you're going to walk them over. It's time to get our shoes on. We're leaving for the. We're leaving for school. Or it's time to put your toys away. It's time for dinner. And you're going to stand right there. Make sure you get eye contact. And guide them through putting the toys away, giving some choices, guiding all the way through the process. And then, of course, the consequences only as a last resort. If you've gone through everything else, it's time to put the toys away. It's time for dinner. I need you to clean this up. You know, what are we gonna clean up first? The blocks or this? Do you want me to put on some songs while we do it? Or should we, you know, or and sing? Or should we dance to some songs while we put the toys away? trying to make it fun, offering all those options. If it's still not happening, then we're gonna have the consequences of if they don't clean up the toys, the toys are gonna to go up until tomorrow and they can't play with them after dinner. Now, if they're asking to leave them out to play after dinner, that is a great negotiation. And if there's certain, like there's too many toys out, okay, you can play with the trains after dinner like you asked, but we need to go put the blocks away now. Working through this, but we're gonna be right there with them, walking them through the process, and what we call scaffolding them through the process, which is giving them the support that they need, but not too much support, only what they need and not anymore. So if you need more details on that, the class on Getting Kids to Listen, also the class on Power Struggles, gives lots and lots of different tips, like much more in depth on how to um, really work through that not listening if this is a really big struggle in your house. But I wanna get to the rest of these, um, aggression, and this is physically harm the physical harm to others so it can be throwing toys it could be kicking it could be pinching it could be you know any of those types of pushing those types of uh, activities so aggression is something that we definitely want to nip in the bud it's not acceptable it's um it, it is very common for younger kids like i talk about a lot on this show 2 3 Very common, they're really struggling with big feelings, they're really struggling with learning how to express their feelings in an appropriate way. By the time we get to four and a half, five, and six, they definitely should be able to handle their feelings without over um, without reacting physically or hurting any another child. It's not, I'm not saying it's not going to happen or that's outside of the realm of normal, it's it is still within the realm of normal for them to get overwhelmed, especially if he's tired, some of that aggression to come out and just be a reaction. However, it's definitely something we want to stop immediately. We want to get in between. We're going to separate the children. Um, I can see you're really struggling with your feelings right now. We need to come and sit down and take a break. You can talk about some quiet time. Do you need some quiet time? Um, And then talk about, you know, hurting others, how we don't, you know, how that's not acceptable behavior. And give him some skills for working through that for using his words. Now my guess is given his age and given what he's talking about being tired, it is coming from being overly tired and overwhelmed from the day. Once he has again had that time, that downtime, this type of behavior should get a lot better. This is sometimes attention seeking, which sounds like what's happening right here. It's, I'm just overtired, I don't know what to do with myself, with my feelings, and so I'm going to act out to get some attention and get some help. It's a it's a really, um, I don't wanna say a cry for help, but it is. It's like, help, I'm in over my head. So he's looking for some help, and getting him that help with the quiet time will probably greatly improve that behavior as well. But for anyone who is seeing any type of aggression um, with children, young children, just stepping in, separating the kids, making sure the, the other kids are safe from the child who is acting out, and then working with the child who has um is having the aggressive reactions to coach and make better choices for um, sharing their feelings in different ways going forward. And I have a ton of episodes on aggression. I also have many classes on the website from dealing with tantrums, even though this isn't technically a tantrum. it um, It is, I talk about helping kids with feelings, working, helping them work through their feelings in more positive ways. The positive discipline tools on, um, discipline tools for elementary age kids, also, Um, communication tools is really the ones where we get in here and really work on those skills. And also you're developing, now this um, six-year-old is not technically a preschooler, but you're developing preschooler. I go into social emotional skills and coaching social emotional skills. And this is one of those areas where you can really do a lot of coaching on better behavior, emotion coaching, teaching about emotions, sharing emotions in different ways. And so those classes get really in-depth on those. But it's definitely something we just step in immediately. Um, we don't try to fix it from across the room. We have to go in and and physically separate the kids apart and go sit down and have a quiet time and a calm down time and talk about those skills and build those skills so that he can make better choices. And this goes right into the managing feelings and behaviors. A lot of coaching can happen at this age. We've got a six-year-old, so his social-emotional skills are really coming on board. His language skills are coming on board. He can share a lot of his thoughts and feelings at this age. And so you can invite him to a dialogue about this when he's struggling with his feelings, when he's struggling with his behaviors in a way that invites him to talk about it, not Um, rather than a way that's like, why are you doing that? Why are you hitting right now? We want to talk about how he looks like he's overwhelmed. It looks like you're feeling overwhelmed right now. Where do you think this is coming from? What are these feelings about? What can you tell me about that? And then letting him share his feelings so that you can let him know better ways to handle that about coming to you when he's feeling overwhelmed, about asking for help when he needs it. I know kids are a lot of times just don't know how to ask for help and they don't know that they can ask for help. So I always used to tell my kids when they were younger and would get overwhelmed with feelings. If you are feeling like you're getting too worked up, please come ask for my help. If you feel like you're in a situation that you cannot handle with your brother or your sister or just on your own with what you're playing with or what you're doing, come ask for my help. And that started to be the thing they would do. They would come to me and say, I need your help. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to build this. I'm trying, I don't want to share this toy right now. They're trying to take this from me, help me. And they would come and get my help. So the, this is a really cool thing. As kids age because they become more and more insightful and five six is this age where you're gonna see this nice shift into this insight into their own behavior starting to understand themselves especially if we give them a platform for that we start asking questions and start sharing about our own insight about our behavior or their behavior they have better social emotional capacity they have much better language skill so having a dialogue can be helpful and healing for both the adult and and the child. So again, some classes that go more into details if you're interested or if you're curious is um, Power Struggles class, Getting Kids to Listen, all of the um, the positive discipline classes, Discipline Tools for Toddlers, Discipline Tools for Preschoolers, Discipline Tools for Elementary Age Kids, also the You're Developing Toddler, You're Developing Preschooler. And again, I know he's uh, six is not preschool, but um, it still covers that social emotional coaching, which we really are doing all the way up through, well, all the way up through childhood anyway. You can see all of those, any of those, and all the 60 parenting classes on demand at yourvillageonline.com. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.